Good morning, everybody. <laughs> Come on. You're uh, gone for one month, one episode, uh, and already you've I just lost don't your... feel the mojo. What? I, I'm like, you know what? I don't want to do it. <laughs> and look at your hey. shirt. Your, your shirt's Beerfish Canyon Adventure Words. And, uh, and yet you're... Good morning. Wow. Uh, so, so you and I could be from the same egg. Why? <laughs> because usually, usually that's me being like, I don't want to be excited. Right? right now. <laughs> I, that's me. I'm just Stop. in one of those moods. But I'm undisciplined, so I don't typically. This is like the long. Like I never do the same thing like three times in a row. Uh, so the fact that like I've done an introduction to a show for three years the same way. Well. <laughs> For the boss part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyway. Good morning, brothers. How are you? Good morning, Joe. Welcome to uh, Rutten Radio, to our listeners out there on Real Presence Radio Network. Uh, You're listening to the one and only Rutten Radio, and I'm joined, as always, by the brothers Rutten, Father Paul and Father John. How we... Uh, oh, and the... <laughs> Yeah. Do we, we need to start are... this over? <laughs> no. Let's just Quite, let John uh, do the introduction. Lord Go have ahead, mercy. John. All right, John, you Christ take over. Mercy. Lord have mercy. All right, John. Yeah. So we're, we're brothers. joining you all. We're, we're brothers, brothers Rutten, and we're here on a journey through life and commenting on movies that make us think, laugh, and pray. From cult classics to classics of faith, we also hope the movies we review help you grow. Well, brothers, uh, I've got a gift to to start the program. You do. I, I do. I've you brought you something. You already gave us a gift that just keeps on giving in the photographs of our other brothers. What are you going to give us today? I have a little, like one of the greatest pleasures of my life is chocolate. I love chocolate. Mm, okay. And you so brought us. I snuck down into somebody's office in the diocese building, here. Renee. Yes, Renee always has chocolate. And there was just three of these chocolates left. And I thought, oh, one for me and one for my brothers. And so it also happens to be like one of my favorite chocolates. If what you were to line them up, it is a Rolo. Oh, really? I wouldn't yes. have guessed a Rolo. One I would have Rolo never guessed for a Rolo. each of us What's as we favorite? begin. Chocolate. Reese Peanut Butter Cup. Ooh. Oh, yeah. You've always been a Reese Peanut Butter Cup. And then you like refrigerating them, don't mm-hmm. you? Yep, yep. Yeah, my whole So life. do you have Can you guys- if we were to go to the St. Mary Rectory right now, would we find? No. No. No, because I don't have any discipline, so I can't have them in my house. <laughs> <laughs> See, the difference Father between Paul Joe and discipline. Father Paul is neither of you have discipline. Paul just knows not to not, not to take the first step. Right, right. That is uh I have eminent oftentimes M and M's in my freezer. Mm-hmm. Uh, peanut, really? peanut M and ooh, peanut M and M's in your freezer. Frozen? Oh yeah, they're delicious. All right, fellas, welcome to the August edition of Rutten Radio. What have we been up to? Well, I'm grateful that uh, July was a little slower uh, than the last few months. Uh, so yeah, it was just been crazy busy. Uh, and then it finally slowed down where I actually have time uh, to like not do stuff nonstop. Uh, and yet I know at the same time, I'm already starting to think about school. Mm. So I'm like, here we go. But uh, yeah, just enjoying life, uh, enjoying the long mm-hmm. summer days. So school makes you go, uh, is it because like, you know, the madness <laughs> is coming? Or is it because, like, you're like, um, I don't want summer to be over? Or is it because, like, you know you're going to have to get out yeah, your, I mean, it, your, your snowblower Yeah, soon. No, it's not that I don't like school, per se. It's just, it ramps up. Mm. I mean, it's, I mean, because it, it, it's, it's a sign of everything starts back up. Right. So it's not just school. It's RCA starts back uh, up, religious ed starts back up, all of my meetings start back up. Like, everything yeah. restarts. Makes sense. And whole- so I just know... School board meetings, yeah, uh, you know, all these things just begin again with another school year. So yeah, that makes total. So sense. So that's what it total is. Total sense, Father John. Well, I'm not going to give away any of my secrets because I think in the last half we're going to talk a little bit about mm. transitions. Transitions, and 
I don't want to. I don't want right, to start. All right, so we're going to stop. So, Joe, <laughs> what do you have? Well, I have, I'm doing good. Winding down the summer, as Paul mentioned, as an educator, this is your cadence for life. Is you kind of get a different gear for the summer, and uh, that changes. You're exactly right, Paul. The minute Fourth of July actually ends that weekend. Yep. Every over. year. Except for this year. This year I said, nope, I'm ending my summer 4th of July. I'm going to have a great weekend. I'm going to invest in the kids. I'm going to have fun. But when 4th of July is done, I'm back to work. (laughs) You know, like it's school time. And so what it's done now is it's made me like be able to appreciate the day here or there that I have where it's not crazy and chaotic, but it's already started (laughs) and I know it's coming. Yeah. Uh, So it's been real good. I'm excited about a start of a new school year. So it's... It's kind of what I got on. If you're out there listening to us, you can interact with us on Rutten Radio on our Facebook page or the Real Presence Network affiliate uh, station, uh, their, their uh, station. So you can listen to us on your uh, technology devices. And for August, the first half hour, our review for the movie of the month is The Shack. There you go. Context. Could somebody fill us in on the context? Sure. A grieving man receives a mysterious personal invitation to meet with God at a place called the shack. Hmm. Interesting. He's grieving and he gets some mysterious invitation to meet God at the shack. Father John, is there any cautions that we should throw out? No cautions just for the, uh, random consumer. Uh, it's a good opportunity to be attentive to theology and what's going on, yep. and so we'll talk about some different things about that. But otherwise, uh, in the in the ways we usually put uh, cautions, there's no caution. Right. There's no yes. <laughs> uh, the central character, primarily that plays throughout the whole thing, his name is Mac. Mac Mackenzie. Mackenzie, and so uh, Mackenzie is with his kids. They're out camping without mom, right? Mom's not there. And uh, while they're out camping, they have a little accident. Somebody want to tell us about the accident <laughs> and how the movie's drama kicks off. Yeah, they never really say exactly what happened, but the girl, the little girl, is uh, taken, right? Uh, and and they find... Uh, what is it, a hat or something they find, or coat or something in the shack in the woods. So they're out camping, and she disappears. And um, so the presumption is that she was uh, kidnapped and something bad happened, um, and her life was taken. So this, you know, young girl, four to eight years old or something. Uh, And in the midst of all of this, obviously you can imagine any family's going to struggle and the father particularly is going to struggle uh, maybe personally about responsibility, but kind of the big narrative is uh, his perspective on tragedy's relationship to God and how, what does this say about God that a God would let this happen or First, maybe even did a God did God cause this? Like, did he want this to happen? Maybe or and so that's really the drama that plays out. Father Paul, how does he end up into this? You said uh here that he has this mysterious invitation, right? So so he has to go back home after this uh disappearance of his daughter. They they find his daughter is has has likely died, although you're right, John, they never, you know, show a body or anything, but the insinuation is that she was kidnapped, that she's uh, likely deceased, and that's all we know, and that this happened in this cabin in the woods. Father Paul, he then returns home. How does the encounter with God begin? He has this invitation that you mentioned at the beginning. Could you tell us about that? Yeah, so uh, it's wintertime, there's a snowstorm, uh, and he is uh, using his snowblower to clear it, runs out of gas, uh, goes across the street to the neighbor's house, and then on his return back, the mailbox is open with the invitation in the mailbox. That So thus, he doesn't know how it got there. Uh, he thinks it maybe is a joke or somebody did it on purpose um, type thing. 
So And so the invitation's inviting him back to the shack, which he right. knows to be the place that his daughter likely was taken when she was kidnapped. And so he sets out and heads back out to the cabin. And out at the cabin basically ends up, I don't even know exactly how the heck he ends up in like a coma or like he has a dream or like, I forget even how he got into the thing, but he like enters into this portal or something. And next thing you know, he's in a different world, right? I forget how that happened. Like, wasn't he in the snow and then all of a sudden he isn't? Right. So he uh, heads out there and on the way uh, he runs a stop sign and almost gets hit. Uh, he then gets to the spot and it's, uh, snowy it's kind of a bad weather uh and he gets frustrated because he can't believe that he's been brought back to this place that's caused him such pain and then he's leaving it uh and somebody is walking along and he turns around to follow him and as they follow all of a sudden it changes from winter to summer mm, and then right. they return to the shack and it's this that's beautiful right. it's what the shack should have looked like so Right, and then he's invited in, and he encounters three different figures who happen to be the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Right, but that's the theological problem. Right. So let's jump right up in here. We got two theological problems in a sense, or, or kind of there's lots of theological things that you can wrestle with. When you mention a theological problem, Paul, Father John, you alluded to it at the beginning. Uh, what, what type of theological problems maybe did you see with the, the movie that was actually first a book? And has been very popularly yeah, accepted and I think or received. Before, you know, it is important that we recognize it, this movie deeply and book deeply resonates with people. There is there's much good about it, and uh, but from a theological perspective, um, well, even theologically, from a perspective, it's good. They could have proved, proved, they could have shown God in a, <laughs> a lot of different ways, but they showed a Trinity. They showed mm-hmm. God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So, I mean, right. in a way, and they showed three persons in a way. Uh, the two theological issues are, number one, we would propose God as a father, uh, as one who generates. And that is very important. The The true revelation of God has been Abba, has been paternal. Um, and in the movie, they portray the uh, feminine father, a woman father uh, uh, in that position. And secondly is um, the incarnation is really, and and it's hard to communicate all these things, so you're going to fall somewhat short, but the incarnation, Jesus is the incarnate one. And so the fact that they have the, the, the three persons as persons is immediately problematic. Uh, and, and that's most because God is not, the Father is not seen. And the spirit is not seen as the son is seen. The whole purpose of Jesus Christ is that he came in flesh. He took on human nature, which is not divine nature. Jesus has divine nature and human nature together. Uh, so there's there's an issue there. And the one problem, when I would say it kind of manifested itself, where I almost wonder if the author knows what he's doing, um, is the, uh, you know, you, I think you're going to mention some Poor, some low quality thing about the movie. Well, the theology is really low quality too, because God the Father has wounds. Right. That shouldn't be. Only Jesus would have the wounds. So when they did that, I was like, oh, they don't really know what they're doing. Like, uh, I could understand why they, you know, some other things. So in that way, the, uh, um, so those were the main ones. I don't know if you saw more, Paul, but the, or Joe, but those are the main ones that I saw. I mean, they did propose a Trinitarian God. So uh, mm-hmm. whoever made this is Christian, I think. They just maybe are a Protestant, possibly could be a way they got to that, or they're really a New Age Christian. You know, they kind of have really seeped into some New Age things that influence what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. So teaching at O'Gorman for a decade, I'd always get, you know— comments about new movies coming out or things like this. And so when The Shack was written, it was like everybody loved it, right? Oh, you got her. Have you read it yet? And you're like, no, I haven't. Um, and so then I never watched the movie. I just didn't follow it. I didn't even really pay attention until this. And and I don't know why, but I just made a decision. All right. I already know that like I have people that 
think that it's poor theologically. So I'm just not going to watch it from a theological perspective. I'm just going to watch the movie and see what I think of it. And so that's where I came at it. So I, I like, I saw the hand, the, the nail, John, that you talked about. And I'm like, well, what? And then I just quickly, like mentally, it was like, move past it. Like, Oh, don't analyze it theologically. Uh, my problem with the movie, I liked the movie, but my problem was I just thought it was kind of like a, a Hallmark movie. Right. No, <laughs> it no. was, it was a very Hallmarkish movie. And, the main actor was very subpar in my, my, my mind. I saw that he's a real actor. He's done real films like Avatar and other things. And I thought, well, maybe this guy's a good Avatar actor, like a good warrior actor. He's terrible at like being this uh, it's sympathetic, uh, tragic, uh, fatherly figure. The guy couldn't even cry. <laughs> like, I'm like, uh, right now, this guy should be crying. <laughs> you know, like, he should be weeping and he's not. Like, and so from that standpoint, it's it's funny. I struggle to be critical, right? So I chose not to be critical of the theological part. So what did I do? I criticized the the cinematography or the but anyway, overall I thought that it was a decent film. I was actually surprised at how good theologically they were at working through the grief and the concepts of mm-hmm. uh of, of I forget what we called evil what's the and philosophically the the problem of evil suffering they, and light yeah of, yeah yeah, um, yeah. yeah. It, it, they actually did a good job of kind of addressing and working that through in the script and i was like oh wow so i thought there were some good things there were some poor things i i it made me feel good when they said when the lady the female god uh, the mother god said well I, you're not ready for a father yet. Right. And I was like, oh, I see what they did there, right? Like his problem is with his father mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he isn't yet at a place where he's ready or capable of dealing with his father. And then as we find out later in the film, God is a, God comes back to him as a father at another point. And then I'm like, oh, whatever it is. It, I see now why people previously were like, ah, it's a little suspect from a new agey perspective or a, sure. um, but I, I didn't. I actually thought they did theologically a decent job dealing with evil, and from that side, I really appreciated it. Well, don't you think, Paul, that that's what the whole movie was about? Really, was this relationship between suffering? Oh yeah, I mean, I think it was and, very evident and, that they and love the the number one, not the, maybe not the number one, but very common question is: is how can an all loving, all powerful God permit things like this? Like evil tragedy like where like what in the world and i don't know that we take that seriously like that this is a real struggle for people you know we just are like because we've already worked through it i think for us so we don't see it in the same way but for most people this is the real question like how do you let this happen uh and so he had to work through that uh in the midst of it you know and so i do think that that's an important and that is i think that i I, I guess I picked up when that when uh, Papa showed the wound. It was trying to say that that God felt the pain too. Like it wasn't like he let Jesus just take all the pain and suffering, and he was over here in La La Land, not not being hurt by it, but that he was also. So this idea that God is sort of sympathetic or uh, with us in our suffering—that's what I picked up on having the. Uh, wound in in his hand too. I don't know what they meant by it, but that's what I picked up for it. Right. Uh, theodicy is the <laughs> the fancy term I was looking for. So the the question of evil and a good God. It's called the study of theodicy. Um. So just overall from the movie, uh, thoughts, comments, insights outside of a theological standpoint. Uh, was there anything that impacted you, Father John? That you're like that moved me or, uh, or that moved positively or negatively. Like I didn't like the lead actor, but I was moved by the overall attention it gave to loss and suffering and grief. Oh, sure. I mean, the movie's powerful. I mean, if you've that, I think if you watch the movie in an experiential way, it, it's, I mean, it speaks into all of our lives. I don't, I don't, for, for Hallmark, it was a very good movie. For Hollywood, it right. was a very poor movie. I mean, they did a mm-hmm. great 
great job, I think, of uh, articulating something. So, I mean, I, I appreciated the fact that one could be reached even in that place. And, and, and also the ways in which uh, the one made the journey. It was like the persons of the Trinity kept coming in ways that almost like took the other person's it was it was just like in a matter of fact way, you know. Where and and you see this in pastoral work, where uh, you know the other person can be jumping through the roof or angry or crying or happy or whatever, but you know, just this like persistent presence walks one through. And in time, um, I thought that 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 um, yeah, the the reality was good. And I also it, it's kind of connected to the theological thing, but I also have could just kept having this great gratitude for the church that the the catholic church like the catholic church the bark of peter the one who has peter as the point of unity because i realized like all of the stuff that's going on here if you have suffering you're going to run if you have pain you're going to go like but where do you where do you Go, what do you where do you go to like stay present like you watching that movie you can't have that movie i mean you can but in the end that movie the truth of that movie is to recognize that the church loves us and the church is this place that if we will stay will keep walking us through this journey um so i for particular reasons particular you know i'm also transitioning in assignments so like when you're moving you sort of think in a certain way um, but I saw a lot of gratitude for the church because I see the church in that way. And the church could be, it wasn't because this definitely wasn't a Catholic theological film, but the church could have be, could be the house in a sense, you know, the, in the yeah. movie, the shack, yeah. the, the renewed shack. Right. And then the old shacks, like the human, yeah. uh, the mystical. And that's, I, I think like, yeah, I don't know. I can see even where a for sense the theological issues, like, well, if we have to figure out which theological issue is right or not and all that, and I'm like, oh, I'm just so grateful for the church. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, well, whatever it's gonna work out to be, okay, I can go get I can go look now and figure out what all the nuances are. But you know, uh, I have a home. I have a place that that I might not have explored the attic yet, or I might not have gone into the bedrooms, I might not have left you know, but um, so, and that's a, probably people are going to be like, what does that mean? But that's what I really. Hmm. Interesting. So. Father Paul? Yeah, I suppose, spoiler alert of sorts. So if you're going to go watch this movie after this, um, you'll want to not listen. But uh, at the end, we discover that he actually doesn't go to the shack. Uh, he actually gets hit by the truck. Uh, and he's been in the hospital bed this whole time in a coma. Uh, and so it, again, brings this idea of, you know, is it a near-death experience that he had there? Was it real? So there's this question, because he keeps talking about all these things. But his friend says, the changes I see in my friend are evident enough for me. Uh, and so Willie, his friend, the guy that lives across the street, he said, I don't know if it's real or not. I don't know what happened to him. I just know that the changes I see in my friend are real. Amen. And that's evident enough. And I think that this is sort of this real challenge or maybe even the scandal of Christianity is when we are not allowing ourselves to be transformed and changed. Mm. Like when people look at us and they're like, well, you don't seem moved. Right. You don't seem redeemed or you don't seem to be this place. And not that we all have to do that, but that ability, you know, he really forgave his dad. Whatever happened, he was able to forgive his dad, forgive himself. Right. He was able to be a different person because of what he experienced in that. And I think that this is this real challenge for us who believe in God. But when people say, well, where is he? Right. We have to say, is my relationship such that I'm constantly being changed by this encounter with God? This is this would be great in light of what I was just saying with the church, because uh, when when you say that, it's like, yes, and this is why we have to affirm our evangelical brother and sister who's changed. Right. We can get into all kinds of battles about the church and the, the structure and obedience to whatever and, and miss, like, well, you have to have met the same one I met because what happened to you is what happened to me. <laughs> you know, I mean, we have to start from that place. And, and also it does give us an ability to say, boy, 
you're Catholic or not Catholic or evangelical and all this, but you also seem to be just living something without this essence. Like right. something about what you're doing seems right. stuck, like, or, you know, whatever. And they can say, oh, yeah, I met him a long time ago, too. Oh, yeah, I am kind of stuck. Or or, or uh, maybe I haven't met him. Maybe I'm just doing this out of... Um, and then when you realize that, then you can see, okay, well, what's the church's role? Because we're all like looking for something that's outside just the experience. Um, but we do need to have the experience to be changed. Right. And then when we are changed, we see differently. And in the film, they take him to look at people and they they said, we want you to see people how we see people. And then they're right. like, we see them in light and color and yep. different, you know. Uh, and it just, it made me think of, I had mentioned to you earlier, Father Paul, the Hubble telescope versus mm. the Webb telescope. So I just showed Father wow. Paul, there's a, there's a clip of the same nebulous with Hubble and with Webb next to each other. <laughs> and so you can see, like, it shows you how much more powerful the new telescope is. And I'm like, Oh, that's, that's in a sense, what can happen to me is when I'm transformed, when I've had the encounter, I see differently. And when I see differently, I live differently or I'm living. Other people see that too. And then I become a witness. Uh, and it reminded me of CS Lewis's the great divorce that this kind of almost had like a, a purgatory type of a sure reflection to it. And then he even gets presented with the decision. Yeah. Do I want, want to go to back? Or, or, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, was, I, I enjoyed the movie overall. Mm -hmm. I, you know, theologically from different perspectives. But uh, as we wind down here, the first half hour of Rutten Radio, uh, you're listening to Father Paul, Father John, and myself, Joe, as we come to you with the movie of the month, The Shack. First a book, then put into a movie in 2017. Uh, if you haven't watched it, we encourage you to do so. We'll be right back here after a short break. We encourage you to support our sponsors. We'll catch you on the flip side. And we're back with Rutten Radio on the Real Presence Network, your local and regional Catholic media network for all things awesome, and that includes the one and only Rutten Brothers, Father Paul, Father John, and myself, Joe. As we come back to the second half hour of our Monthly program in here here in August, we reviewed the movie The Shack, and we like to kind of give ratings to our movies, brothers. So maybe a little ratings, uh, uh, three rutten heads, one, two, three, we get a give. Um, I don't know what to do. So I can't go first. I have to meditate over here and think about what my rating is for the movie. Does anybody want I know to go mine. first? Two. Two. Interesting. Yep. I Interesting. Uh, I gave. Well, I mean, uh, I'm gonna do 1.75. Oh, I just, I just looked on the <laughs> I just looked on the ratings and I see I gave Remember the Titans a one. Ooh, <laughs> wow. My my boy would be disappointed. Yeah. So I I better get closer to that than to the Blues Brothers. But the reason I went with the Two was because of the Blues Brothers, I gave a two. So I was like, hey, it's kind of like in the Hallmark world, the same version of 1.75. Father Paul. The same. 1.75. I'm going to blow this whole thing up. 1.5, baby. It's there going go. down. I just like it. About a, a 1.5. <laughs> <laughs> it's like blah, you know, just middle of the road. So. Anyway, that's it, got? Father Paul. 1.67. 1.67. We'll have to log that, and maybe next month we can give a little list of some of our, our favorites, huh? Shout-outs. Any shout-outs? I don't see any shout-outs on the uh, I didn't. I, I didn't have anyone here. in the last month that I've talked that's to. That's funny. Neither did I. That I said that I would give a shout-out to. I've got one. Okay. Well, go Your ahead. high school English teacher. Kim Bartling. No. Mrs. Erickson? No. Doug Bashy. Yes. He wasn't my high school English Oh, you didn't teacher. have him? Nope. Oh, wow. Oh. Nope, oh. I had Mrs. Erickson. I had... Mrs. O'Donnell? Oh. I did or not Thurman, have any... No. I didn't have him either. Oh, she I, was... I, oh, I had I Bernard, had Mr. English Bernard. Teachers. I don't know if you... No. Mr. No. Bernard. I had uh, Mr. Baumeister. Why would I say Kim Bartling? 
probably just well, I assume she's kind of theater. It's yeah. kind of in the same world. And she's, so. all right. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, he said that him and his wife were headed up to Minneapolis and they decided oh. to throw on Rutten Art Radio. radio. Nice. Oh, you got to be kidding me. And Doug Bash, he doesn't beat around the bush. He just tells he, he said, boy, he said, I know one thing, you talk a lot. <laughs> Thanks, Doug. <laughs> we need like, someone else to say it. I couldn't argue with him, right? <laughs> so anyway, Doug Bashied, uh, thanks for everything. A little shout out there. All right, well, let's jump in here. Deeper insights or conversations here for the second half hour. The theme that we've kind of been revolving around here is transitions. Father John. I'm going to tee it over to Father Paul because <laughs> yeah, all right. once I start, I don't want to. Oh, sure. you're, yeah. you know. All right. Yeah. Uh, well, I didn't move this year. Uh, we are planning a building project and I'll have to move out of both my house and my office. Uh, so I am trying to prepare for that. When um, does that happen? Well, when we raise the money, but oh, hopefully oh. by spring of next year. Gotcha. 2023. Uh, so it'll be here before you know it. Uh, so we have to find a house and an office uh, <laughs> and then move it all. Oh, yeah. And you're in uh, charge of that. And I'm in charge of that. Yep. Uh, the other thing I would have to say is I do sort of feel the transition in age. You know, I am getting older. Uh, and so Your hair shows that's it. also another transition just to be able to. I think this is this ability to accept change, to accept that things aren't always going to be the way that they used to be or the way you want them to be. Uh, and that we can really live in a world that that wants to resist any sort of transition, mm. and it actually makes it worse. Yeah, say more about that. I well, I think because then you deny it, so you maybe do the comb over, uh, uh -huh. or you're or the other one now because of communication. You're constantly talking to the people from where you left, and so you're not engaging in the new people, uh, and and the new situations because it's so painful to transition. Uh, and so you're constantly returning to the things that are comfortable. You know, they talk about those college kids now. They all go to the room. They all shut their door. They all go on Instagram. They all go on chat. And they talk to all of their friends everywhere else and don't make oh, new friends. Really? Oh, yeah. It's so hard now for these kids because it's so easy to, to stay, stay connected touch. with the people who I already know. And then I don't ever really connect to the new people. Yeah, we used to have to disconnect the parents from the kid. Like the last stage was was having the institutions set up uh, offloading days where the students show up and you have to create uh, programs, opportunities, ways in which to disengage the parents from the students so that like mom doesn't move into his dorm room with him. Uh, and now it's like, all right, how do we get the students out of their technology the really you can get yeah, the parents yeah, yeah, yeah. To whether it's video read, games yeah, or they just all, with their, all their yeah and even video games i mean video games they don't play in the same room no because they're all they online. don't all get in a dorm room together and play video games they yeah. sit in their own dorm room and play video games together yeah. that's why in a sense for boys covid really wasn't much of a change for a lot of boys <laughs> guys they just put their headsets on and talk to their friends Weird like they've used it. anyways so uh, yeah, so just transitions, just trying to be able to be aware of all of those things and in what ways am I resisting or in what ways am I embracing it and just accepting that things change. Uh, for someone who doesn't like change, uh, I like routine, I like things to be the same. Um, yeah, it can be hard. Yeah, you know, I saw a picture of somebody with uh, plastic surgery Oof. and they look terrible. Yeah. And then I saw a billboard the other day of a plastic surgeon in town and I thought, Oh, people are starting to like that's you know, I don't well, think yeah. of that. I think of most plastic surgery as like medically related, you know, reasons oh, no, of it's, sort of and I'm like, oh, people are getting mm. it's probably weird. So way... then I just had to start thinking about it. Uh and then and then I was like, okay, well, before I like jump down that, I was like, You got braces. So like what's the diff, you know, I mean, I'm like trying to at least not assume I'm well, not good to be just understanding. the same. Yeah, under, if, yeah. If somebody, so what's the point with which it's like, oh, well, I want my wrinkles off my forehead. Um, what's, you know, I mean, what? So you're talking about transition and sure. you're getting older, but the fact of the matter is, most people would look better if they just would let themselves, at least in my mind, just like grow 
older as not you know and then you look the AGR but you still look beautiful or you still have a certain way as opposed to I can I can tell now at my age oh this is the point where you would start doing some things um you know even like I mean if you go to the dentist you can get your teeth white <laughs> I mean I don't know it's just interesting mm-hmm. thinking about growing older and transition it's hard and when you don't have to do it right What's your choice? Or right. when you have choices where you can say, I don't want to. Um, so, I'm, yeah, I, I mean, I think an easy one for all of us would be is if there was a simple way to have our hair back. Would we do it? Would we of do course. it? Of course. Yeah. You know, I mean, there is a part of it that there is just yeah. something about it. Like if it was easy to do, I think I would opt for it. Yeah. yeah. The main reason I don't totally. do it is because I don't trust right. that it's going to actually but this be is what the, it was. Right. I don't want like. Right a version back. I want my hair back. Right. Like, and second is like, if it doesn't work, what's it look like? Could I screw it up worse? Right. Could I make it, it's like, I'll just stay safe, but you're right. I'd take my hair back so, in a heartbeat. Yeah. So and that's sort of what the plastic uh, surgeon is promising is it, is they're going to make you look, you know, uh, like you used to look and it's going to be you. easy and there's yeah. a deal and here you go. But yeah. one thing leads to another. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, yeah, it's just, uh, so it's, it's hard. Transitions are hard to let them happen. And, uh, but you know what? It, it, I, there are times and seasons and transitions are good, but sometimes when you want to transition, it's good not to have it. And right. and you kind of have to grow and you, nothing really grows in Christian living or in human living. If you constantly move, you know what you were talking about. You always say St. Benedict's rule, the vagabond or the, yeah, yeah, the yeah. gyro vag gyro vag is the worst, worst monk, of the monks. The one who moves from monastery to yep. monastery all the time. They lack so, stability. But this guy moved to a new monastery. <laughs> uh, just uh, the great transition Simon, uh, back at the University of South Dakota, the direct cha- priest chaplain for uh, the Newman Center at the University of South Dakota. Um, and it's been awesome. So a couple of things that I've learned is, number one, it's awesome when you can live together. Like life all happens. You see people mm-hmm. studying. You see people praying. You see people recreating. You see people uh, eating. You see pe- So you have, like, you, you have like a full life together. And it's so different than parish life yeah. where you just get this little part and then some people you have the time, but since there's no shared life among anybody, there's no way for the priest to enter into a shared life. He he can only enter into a few people. And then the only time you share something oftentimes is a parish picnic or mass on Sunday. So it's so incredible to see like this dynamic. And then the demand of the priest is totally different. I'm not needed in the same way that I am in oh, parish yeah. life because they're in community together. They're to, and and how as adults, how much harder it is to to live that way. Uh, but then I was thinking, okay, but this is small town life. This is how they live, and in small town life, you also have the problem uh, like is everybody knows everybody's business, and everybody lives in a form so that nobody knows. And I'm like, oh, maybe there's no perfect way to do this. But what I do know is. It's interesting to see this shared life. And two things uh, that, number one is people that have played music. Twice I have heard music coming from somewhere and had to go chase it. <laughs> like, what is going on? There's a piano in a corner in this room that's like rarely used. And there's just a guy that comes in and he just plays the piano. Uh, it was really incredible. And I met him, not Catholic, and I said, uh, how did you find your way here? He says, oh, so-and-so goes here, and he invited me to come, and uh, if I saw the piano and I started playing it, and he told me that I could come back and use it again. The other night, I'm at the office, and all of a sudden I hear music coming out of, really beautiful music coming out of the chapel. I'm like, what is this? So I thought I would go inside, and it wasn't church music. It was like classical music. And so I go inside, and there is this young woman, like, giving everything. I mean, it was amazing. Uh, and I so eventually I interrupt her, and I'm like, who are you? And I'm Father John, new priest. And, um, and I said, how would you find your way in here? And, you know, oh, I, I have a friend, and they go here, and 
they asked permission, said that I could come here if I wanted. And both of them, same thing. Both of them think this is a place that they are enriched by, and they're there because of someone else who invited them in, not the priest. It's just really beautiful. Uh, so, And then the second thing is, I'm right by the chapel, and man, is it awesome to just go, like, stop, go and pray. So I one time come home, and my door is locked. I have all the keys on one huge, huge, like, baseball ring. You know, I have, like, 50 keys on a ring. Are you kidding me? I can't keep this thing in my pocket. It's like a softball. And I'm like, I am going to lose this thing because I'm putting it down everywhere I go. And then all these doors lock, and they're all, and I'm, I am going to lock this thing. Lo and behold, a couple weeks into being there, and what happens? I go to open up my office door. And it's locked. Ooh. And I don't have a key. And the key is inside. <laughs> and I don't have my phone because my phone is in my office. And I don't have a laptop because my laptop is in my <laughs> office. And I can't get to the parish secretary's phone because I realized the windows to that room weren't locked. So I locked them. And then I can't get into the other <laughs> office where there's a phone system and a computer system because that's locked. <laughs> I, and it's like ten o'clock at night. Oh no! What do you do? And my and the my room is locked. I can't go to bed. <laughs> what do you do? Sleep on a couch. There are a lot of couches. <laughs> you go to the chapel. <laughs> so I go to the chapel for like five minutes, and then I kept thinking about it. And I was just mad. No, like, forget it. And I was leaving the chapel, and a thought occurred to me. Go back and sit down with. So I go back and I sat down. I don't know how long I was there. And at a certain point, I was just like, well, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I got up out of the chapel and I don't know where I was going. And I just walked by the door and I clicked on the door handle again. And it opened. It opened up. It popped open. It was locked. It popped. I heard the pop. It like, I had tried that thing four times. I go. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you know what? I didn't even open. I didn't even go inside and get my keys. I went back to the chapel and I was like, thank you, Jesus. And then I left and then I went and got it. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. So that's been my transition into the Newman Center and uh, a new life. Just wait till the kids show up. Oh, well, man. that's going to like, you'll, that'll be. Talk about yeah, so, so you're a Newman chaplain. Yeah. Did you call your older brother and see if you could have a cup of coffee and get some Advice from a master? No, because my older brother, or my, oh, my older brother, I have not. <laughs> I Listen to our listeners, you, our listeners out here on Rutten Radio, Father John's wow, high, He's doing good. He's jacked up. He's going to be a coyote chaplain to the coyotes, Newman Center, leading people to Christ in the church. And he didn't even remember that his older brother, Father Paul, who was had a the legend, most in Newman ministry. a legendary Newman minister oh, at South the. Can we say where he? SDSU. Maybe that's South South the route. I don't know if State. I wanted it. Doesn't want advice. I don't want advice. And was also, I think, an influential part. Uh, he can maybe tell us more about bringing focus to South Dakota. So, Father Paul, were you the well, first campus chaplain or first place that focus came to? The diocese. Yes, we were. Um, but it actually did begin. Scott Trainer began, Father Scott Trainer began the conversation with Focus, but then Bishop Carlson got moved and Focus would never come to a diocese without a bishop. So we gotcha. had to wait. Oh, that's um, why that was Trainer there before so you? So Trainer was there before I gotcha. was. Gotcha. Yep, yep, he was gotcha. there before. Just for a short time. Um, yeah. And then so, you kept the ball going. But Father so, John didn't reach out and say, I need we your We talked wisdom. a little bit about Newman Center Ministry. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, one of the things I think that would be different for the two of us is I went straight from being an associate to the Newman Center. Oh. So I had really no experience kind of of like administration or running a parish, like all of that that goes into that part of it. Uh, so I just like stepped into this like role in a different way. So I do think that that Father John will be able to come with some real wisdom about faith, faith life, parish life, those kinds of things. And just having heard the other side, you know, parent struggles, the challenges, 
watching kids go away, come back, those kinds of things. So I do think that that's uh, definitely helpful to it's, have that sense of it, uh, to be able to see the difference uh, and and minister to these kids where they're at, uh, but mm-hmm. knowing uh, what they're going to head into when they leave the Newman Center. Right. Because um, I think that's the transition that kids aren't prepared for either. I mean, I, I would say college kids across the board are not prepared to go back into the real world. I mean, they've been catered to for four <laughs> right. years. Everything is what they want. Right. And then they end up in this world where... They aren't getting the salary they want. They yeah, aren't, things right. aren't like, convenient the when they want. Parish life, the way they want. You mentioned parish it. Life parish life is not want. university life, or you mentioned no, it. Yeah. Like, they so, go back to... So how do you help them accept that this is going to be different for right. them? Uh, and what are they going to do? Yeah, we really have. It's really beautiful missionary work in the wor- in the church in the world. It's really beautiful to see all the missionary work. But we really have become consumers too. I mean, it's hard. It's hard to enter into a place where there is nothing and stay. This is part of what I. Yeah. You know, can we become faithful people that can go somewhere there's nothing and generate and uh, and but in the end, speaking of transitions of age too, it's been a little bit. Since Paul's been at a Newman Center, <laughs> he maybe had a full head of hair back then. I did have more hair. Yes. I did notice that all three of us are getting. It can't even be called gray. Like we're white. Our our beards and our well, my beard and and our hair. What hair we do have? Um, we're we're. I don't know if it's called distinguished. Yeah, but, look, yeah wouldn't but... you say though, Joe, Mister History Person, that this is the sign of of wisdom or the elders uh, we are do grow in a way that it distinguishes them. It's our crown. So. And it is kind of crownish for, yeah. uh, for us. Now, Joe, you get a little transition in the old rotten household here. Oh, yeah. Are you ready for that? What transition to are you To our rotten radio about? listeners, if you are not aware, the rotten household is now going to go from three to four children yes. this Yay. December. Yay. So my wife and I uh, unexpectedly are like, oh, hey, the Lord wants us to have four. And so I told my wife the other day, I was like, you know, I actually never felt like complete with three. I did always just have a sense like, I don't know that three's the number, but all right, that's cool. Um, and so then, but like we made the decision, like, you know, and natural family planning is natural family planning. So you plan, right? Um, and so we had planned and so we got rid of the crib and we had gotten, <laughs> oh, rid- you did. oh, yes. Note to self. <laughs> can, I keep, tell you, can I tell you a secret? Keep the crib. I know. Can I tell you a secret? Sure. I noticed I was at your house the day when the garbage can had the the car seat, car seat upside down in it. <laughs> Got rid of the car seat. Cause car seats are things you can't give away. Like right. they, you actually like it's a legally. Oh really? You, yeah. You don't just pick up somebody's car seat. You oh, can you do don't. Cr- no, no, it's, oh, it's like one of the things I highly know. regulated things oh. in the world is baby seats. So yeah, I had just literally the week that week. It was that week. Isn't that I funny. threw that stupid thing in the garbage <laughs> and the Lord's like, ah, <laughs> so anyway, yeah, we're going to bring another kid in the world, which I'm excited. It's going to be great, you know, but it does, it, you know, I'll be honest, it, it attacks selfishness in me. Like we're, you're moving out of diapers. You're moving where you get more time right. for you. Oh. You're thinking about finances. You're like, oh, now I can travel with some of my friends without the kids. Right. Because you don't have a baby anymore. So the three kids can go with the grandparents, but you usually don't leave your baby. All of those things. Oh yeah, man. It's a whole, like, that's a whole nother show. Yeah. The selfishness that I have in me is phenomenal. Uh, but that's what you get to get over. Right. And you get to choose to lean into, uh, what you value and prioritize. And, uh, you know, this is definitely for another show, but I, I have had a whole new, uh, encounter with the reproductive world and the conversation that's going on out there with, things like vasectomies oh, sure. and such. And I have been let known by more than one person. Uh, number one, that if I, why didn't I already? What? Oh, oh yeah. yes. Oh, yeah. Remember, Christy? Remember Christy talked about this? 100%. Like some, they would say that to you? Oh, yes. Knowing you? Yes. Yeah, they said yeah. it to Christy. What? Yep. Yeah. Knowing you. And there's two different angles to it. There's one like, ha ha, 
And then there's one that's like almost resentful. Yeah. And, and it's, yeah. So anyway, I, I'm, wow, uh, I guess so I'm, I'm in a it. spiritual journey there too, because I'll be honest with you in selfishness. Sure. Oh yeah. yeah. Sure. I, I could want, yes, that's the, you like, mm-hmm. so then I have to spiritually pray and wrestle with right. all this and talk about it. And like, uh, it's been a whole, it's been an interesting journey. I'd say the last month now that it's kind of been public where this conversation has, has been coming up more and more, um, you know, and, and some, a friend of mine, uh, one time said, I wished I wouldn't have because my wife and I, he's had a conversion and he was like, I would like to have another kid and we can't. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, you know, I remember when he said that and I thought, well, I'd never even think about it. Well, all of a sudden now it's like, this huge thing has been changed in my life where it's like, I'm, I'll be 45, you know, and whatever, I'll be the age of dad when he had Katie, our youngest, right? Nine kids. Katie was 40, he was 45. But it just brings everything back. Selfishness, pleasure. Uh, is the world revolve around me? Mm-hmm. You have a spouse that's involved in it as well. Other family, a society. And all I know is that at minimum, my church teaches me I don't get to make this thing up. I don't get to make the rules up to the game. And that if I really believe in the church and in Christ's teaching, uh, I've got to follow it. And I would rather <laughs> I'd rather be poor than a hypocrite. I mean, I'm a hypocrite in enough ways. I don't need to also be a contracepting theology professor. Like what? Right. You know, I got to be accountable for that. So anyway, all of that's a whole nother thing. Yeah. That transition that's coming up for me is real. Uh, but I'm, I've gotten to the point where now I'm excited. Now I'm jacked yeah. up. That's I'm, what I was going to say. Like in the end, when you walk through it, it is hard. I can see what you're saying. Oh, yeah. But when you walk through it, like this is where I'm saying that uh, where the church is a gift because then you realize, 100%. oh my gosh, like the church helped me walk through in freedom it helped me walk through this incredible moment. And here we are. Like- and the movie is perfect because the movie did that, right? In my estimation, the movie is a reality I can experience today. Mm-hmm. That I have a God that loves me and wants me to know that he loves me and wants to be present to me. And he can walk through this thing with me in life. And he was there just like that guy. I didn't have to have a dream. I didn't have to know my God is present to me. And has walked with me through this, and he's got big, broad shoulders. He can take what I give him. So it's been a blessing. I can't wait. We don't know if it's a boy or a girl <laughs> or what the name is. Are you going to figure that month, out? Next month. Next month? We will know for next. So, right. so stay tuned for next month's episode of Rotten uh, Radio. By the way, as we wrap are in up. A win-win. As we wrap up, what is next movie's? Next Sur- month's movie. It's, it's going be to su- be a surprise. Bride. You're not going to want to miss next month's no. show. This is Rutten Radio. We're coming at you live, or not live, but from Real Presence Radio, we conclude each month with our family prayer. Together, brothers, our Father, we thank you for your love and for your many blessings, especially for the precious gift of each other. Help us to show our gratitude by loving each other as you love us. Make us understanding and patient with one another, quick to admit our failings and ask forgiveness generous in sharing the joy and strength we can give each other. Father, give our family lively faith and the courage to share with those around us. Direct us to the state in life you plan for each of us and help us to use your gifts to serve you. We entrust our family to your fatherly care. Preserve us from the corruption of the modern world and help us draw closer daily to you and to each other until we come to share with you the joys of heaven. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, help us to be a holy family. Amen. We'll see you next time right here at Rutten Radio on the Real Presence Network. Peace and God bless.